Let's, yeah, let's go. go. Go, Gogs. Welcome to Movie the Podcast. That's right, Movie the Podcast. It is Palentine's Day. That's all buddy cops <laughs> all the time. The most romantic month of the year. I love this title, by the way. This oh, it's wonderful. Brilliant title. And we watched just feel good buddy cop movie. <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. Just <laughs> a real a four quadrant, real tent pleaser narc. Uh, not not to, to to bury the lead, but uh, Joe Carnahan gets extra bonus points for making what's already a sad story. Like the infinitely sad, like at the end, it's like, oh, you think that's sad? <laughs> I, I, I'm not gonna lie to you. You think that was sad? Right. <laughs> you think that's sad? I, I loved it. I like this could oh, be yeah. a big shocker. Oh, like, this movie I, bangs relentlessly. This movie within the first 15 minutes was like, oh yeah, this movie goes real hard. And as, as I was watching, I was like, it can just continues to go. Real hard. I know we have mixed feelings on Joe Carnahan here. Well, maybe I'm the I only one. And yeah, maybe I'm the only one with mixed I, feelings. I, we'll talk about it. I like him. I just don't think he ever lived up to this potential. Like, I don't think he's ever made this. Any- was his magnum opus, and he opened with it, or, or came very close to opening with it. Um, but boss level fucking rules. This isn't his first movie? I think. No. Oh. Blood, guts, bullets, and octane, and then doesn't Smoking Aces predate this or no? No, uh, it's, I oh, thought this was. I thought Smoking Aces was after this. Okay. Now I I saw Blood, guts, bullets, and octane forever ago because it was like one of those. Uh, Is that any good? It's fine. It's it's a Tarantino clone. Yeah, it's in black sounds, and white. It sounds like it from that fucking title. But yeah, it was part of the, that explosion. But it was also one of those like a uh, ten dollar prepaid uh, video cassettes. So, oh right. Yeah. Like that I Joe, yeah, Narc is 2002, Smoking Aces is 2006, and oh, Joe okay. Joe Carnahan, American, born in Michigan, he looks impossibly Irish. Oh yeah, well, I, I, I would assume Carnahan is Irish. Yeah, but he just looks like he looks like he's just Irish. He looks like a, you know what I mean? <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, well, let's get into wrap that. that. Uh, let's get out of Gogs' weird race science or whatever he's doing over there. And... No, you can't. It's not racist if it's a country. Mm. Correct. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. I don't know. Gogs <laughs> can somehow figure out how to make it racist. Oh, no, no doubt. If anyone can. Well, how come Jew- Jews are a uh, race? They're considered race. Like, right? Well, because, because they're Jewish. You is not a country. Israeli is well, a country. Israel Irish, is is a not, country. Irish is not a race. It could be. Go go to St. Patrick's Day in Boston and tell them. <laughs> tell me, tell me, there's not a, a, a like a theme. They're, here. they're actually POC Irish people. <laughs> people of Killarney. POC. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, what did you all mooks watch this week? I'm gonna pass the mic to my main man, Alec. He's got to unmute his mic, or he's probably he, there. He he's goes. protesting. <laughs> Good for him. Irish. Yeah, we don't appreciate we don't appreciate it being called POK. <laughs> Only we can call ourselves that. POK. Yeah, yeah um, Alec is the most Irish on this show. No, I've been having I'm having issues with my audio thing, but I think I figured it out. Yeah, Gog sent me some virus before the show, so I had the same problem. <laughs> well, did he send it to you in the biblical sense? Uh, yes, actually. Oh, no. I got an email for you, TJ. <laughs> click it. <laughs> click, click my email. Click my attachment. <laughs> I sent a virus to your email and a virus to Alex Hot Tub. That's, that's how I'm screwing up this stream. <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> um, I mean, my hot tub does have Wi-Fi. Okay. Hell yeah. Baller. <laughs> my hot tub's got Bluetooth. I can control the temperature from my phone. Hell yeah. Set Isn't it real hot Bluetooth? before I get in. Uh-huh. Cool it down if it's too hot. That's about it. <laughs> That's about it. That's all it does. But still. It's still pretty cool. Better than my hot tub. Yeah, more hot tub features than TJ's. Yeah, I don't got a hot tub at all. Yeah, I can't even do that with my house, let alone a hot tub. Oh, the house is easy. You just got to get the eco B. Yeah. Anyway, I watched two movies. Two um, movies? Two movies? Two things? Two movies. One was pretty good. One was fine. Mm. Um. The one that was pretty good that I find I liked was uh Jerry and Marge Go Large. What is that? I'm not familiar. It's uh it might have been an Amazon or a Paramount original, but it's got Brian Cranston and Annette Benning. Um I like them. They are he's kind of forced into retirement, but he's also like a touch autistic and like really good with numbers and he figures out a way to scam the lottery. Oh, wow. So they find this one game that has a flaw in it that they can exploit, and they win, like, millions and millions of dollars doing it. And then they get everybody in the town to contribute money towards it, and they start an LLC. <laughs> they just keep, like, basically the whole town is, like, running off this lottery scam company. I like that. Um, it was pretty good. Like, Brian Cranston is always good. Yeah, How he, old uh, is it? He's got a show coming out that looks pretty interesting. It just came out last year. Okay. It, it would not have made my list. It wasn't that good. But it was, yeah. pretty, it was pretty good. Uh, he had a show just come out where he's like a judge or something. Yeah, something like that. I yeah. think it's actually been out. For, I think the first season has been out for a while. Oh, really? I just but thought it's, it's, a, it, it's a Showtime show, so I only see ads for it, like, very rarely. Right. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, it was okay. Jerry and Marge go large. Like, it was fine. Um, the other movie I watched, which I was actually really disappointed it wasn't as good as Uh-oh. I thought it would be, uh, the new Netflix movie with uh, Jonah Hill and Eddie Murphy called You People. Oh, yeah. Oh. That just came out this past weekend, I think. Yeah. Like, those trailers are really funny, and, like, it's fine, but it's not great. Yeah. Like it's perfect. It's perfectly cromulent. Really cromulent film. Is it, is it like is it too safe or is it just is it what's its problem? No, it's not too safe. It's just I don't know. Like I, something I couldn't quite put my finger on. It just didn't quite do it for me. Like the trailers are fucking hilarious. Like I thought the trailers were. Yeah, the trailers are pretty funny. Were fantastic. Uh, Jonah Hill is a Jew in Los Angeles who. Uh, ends up through a series of misadventures falling in love with, uh, a black woman who is Same Eddie there. Murphy's daughter. And Eddie's Murphy is like a militant Muslim. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I, love, the setup, I love the setup. Um, and like I said, like it's fine. Like it's not terrible. But yeah. I think it was, it was a little too long. I think it was two hours. It's a little too long, and not quite everything lands. And there's just like there's like bits between uh, Jonah Hill and I can't remember the young lady's name. 
I think she, I think the two of them wrote she it together. I think yeah. she yeah. directed she they co-wrote it and she directed it. Yeah, that's what they um, that's what they said in like the one of the trailers I saw. So it's like, look who's coming to Ramadan. Ooh, um, so sitting on that one, huh? <laughs> Sean liked it. <laughs> they, they, uh, they meet like they they meet they the families meet fairly early. It's not like it's a they don't find out what's happening until the end. Mm-hmm. But then it's just like racial racial hijinks between the families because his. His parents are Julia Louis Dreyfus and David Duchovny. I mean, that's pretty <laughs> funny. I like that. And her parents are Eddie Murphy and First Nia point. Nia Long. Oh. Is it Nia Long? I, as I, I want to get her name right. Yeah, Nia Long. Um, and there's all kinds of like racial hijinks between the two. Because uh, Eddie Murphy wears, he knows the family's Jewish, and he wears a kama. Is that the hats that they wear? The Muslims wear, or kala? Kufi. Kufi. Yeah. He wears a kufi that was given to him by Louis Farrakhan. Oh, okay. To the Jewish family's house. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then she accidentally burns it, and they have a full, like an <laughs> argument about who had it worse, the Jews or the blacks, over the course of history. Oh, I, uh Semi, sort of related, like I was dating a Jewish girl uh, that lived in Park Heights and went over Passover one time, and nice. I broke her family's Seder plate that had been in their family since, like, the Holocaust. But in my defense, like, who keeps a baseball in their kitchen? I was bouncing it off my bicep. You do that? You ever do that move where you bounce it and then catch it? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, ruined Passover. That's because you're, you're, you're built different. Yeah. yeah. You are built different. Uh they're like, like, there's some funny scenes. There's some funny bits in there that uh, are good. And like, I feel like Eddie Murphy's kind of had a uh, kind of a career resurgence the past few years. Oh sure, the Dolomite um, movie's great. The Dolomite movie, that was so Dolomite good. movie was fucking tremendous. Like, really good. Like, that should have got awards. It was so funny. Um, I never saw that. It was excellent. You, you would like. You it. would. You would absolutely love it. It was so, um, it was so good. Like there's a C, there's a C where I guess I I I, I must have missed this, this setup because Jonah Hill must have told him that he plays basketball in this park and he's like so good and Eddie Murphy just kind of laughs at him and takes him to Inglewood uh, and like just drops him at this playground with all these huge black guys playing basketball and he's trying to film him to like embarrass him but then Jonah Hill's actually really good he's like just dropping <laughs> dimes on everybody. <laughs> That's funny. That's a real um, Ryan Johnson joke. Oh yeah, he subverted. <laughs> he subverted Eddie Murphy's expectations. Um, but it's fine. Like yeah. it was a little shorter. I probably would have said it was pretty good. I feel like most comedies like little... need to not be two hours long. You know? Yeah, it's a little too long. Yeah. Um. But that's uh that's it. We finished the uh. The season of Beavis and Butthead that's on Paramount right now is <laughs> fucking absolutely goddamn fantastic. You gotta watch it. Yeah, you do. Um, TJ. I'm TJ. Uh, I watched two things. Two and things? Technically, this, the one thing that I watched, I watched last week, but I watched it twice so I could talk about it this week. Um, 
Like, I watched the first thing I watched, the thing that I watched twice was Duel. Uh, Riley Stevens, that's his name, right, Sean? Stearns. Stearns, close enough. Um, the guy that directed, uh, Faults, and he also directed The Art of Self-Defense. It's his latest movie. It came out in 2022. I had it on the Plex for months, and for it whatever. It was my number one movie. For, yeah. Because we still haven't posted the award show, right? Yeah, we posted it last week. Did we? Yeah. Yeah, it's up. I listen. I listen. I listen yeah. to YouTube. It's oh, on okay. YouTube. YouTube. Okay. It's very long. Uh, yeah, it's like four hours long. It's very long. <laughs> uh, but it, yeah, uh, it's fucking great. Like I fucking loved it. I love that guy's movies, and like this is probably his best movie. Um, I don't know why it took me so long to fucking watch it. Uh, but it's fantastic. Um, part of the reason why it took you so long is because last year was chock full of good movies. It really was. That and, is true. And I like, it, it might be one of like the best years I can remember. It didn't, not a lot of like blockbuster smash hits. Yeah. But lots of really good stuff all year long. Like, and big movies, little movies. The, the Oscars are terrible. Like, the nominations this year. Did Avatar uh, get nominated for Best Picture? Yes. Which, oh, my goodness. I mean, that's all you need to know. Well, like, didn't they make a rule that, like, if you make a ton of money, you have to, like... Of course it's not a rule. To... That's not a fucking rule. I <laughs> thought it was a rule. No. Like, the new rule. They were, like, they were, they were talking about adding, like, a... Last year, best, best popular... Like, a people's yeah. choice. Yeah. 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 Last so year, I thought this one expanded to 10 people or 10 well, they, nominations. Last year, a fucking Apple Plus movie won Best Picture that, like, 10 people saw. So, I'm, yeah. not saying, well, I'm not saying guns, winning. Think, I'm saying you're getting nominated sure. because you I, made guns, a think, shit ton of money. I think what the movie, general consensus what movie was, was that? Coda. Oh, that was uh, – I, 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 It was fine. It I didn't see that. I did want to see that. It's it's right along the lines of, like, Lady Bird and other, like – It's it's good. It's not – Great. It's Doug. I, I think what you're thinking is kind of like the general consensus is that they nominate. They changed it to ten nominations, so uh, those movies will get nominated. The popular ones, like fucking Maverick, doesn't deserve to be Picture of the Year, but it made almost a billion dollars. I mean, it's. I would. I still haven't watched it, but I, I would willing to bet it's better than Avatar two. Um, still hard. but, but anyway, I getting back to duel and it's funny because the other movie I watched is also about fucking clones. Um, it, man, it's really good. I really love how he writes a movie and it's dark and it's funny and it's like kind of weird and it makes he's, things he's and, really weird because his movies are super dark, but also incredibly silly. Like it's yes. a strange tone. Yeah, and it's something that I can I I remember when it came out a lot of film critics that I actually like did, weren't very like they didn't dis, dislike the movie but they were kind of cold on it but I can definitely understand like if you don't buy the tone that he sets for this these movies which again is very odd like if you can't accept like his his kind of weird stilted everyone talks like a manual dialogue you're not going to you're not going to dig it and if you can't like I mean, he he's able to, you know, be funny and depressing and introspective, and it's all done in this very odd kind of tone. But I, I loved it. I thought, uh, what's her name? I, I always want to call her Amy Pond, but Karen Gillan. Karen Gillan, yeah. She's great. Uh, Breaking Bads uh, is very good. I can't remember his name either. Aaron uh, Paul. Aaron Paul. Aaron, uh, the, the, the Logan Paul's other brother. 
Uh, Aaron Paul is really, really good. Everybody's good in the movie. I mean, there's really there's only like the scene three where it's actors like, in the fucking movie, but where she's like, perhaps instead of money, we can work out. And oh, don't, don't spoil it. I won't spoil it. That shit is so fucking funny. Yeah, there is one of the best payoffs ever where you think it's going to be like for sex and it's the most ridiculous fun thing ever. <laughs> and also, like, probably my one of my favorite parts of the movie is uh, so the basic premise is if you don't remember from when Sean said it last week, is that um uh Karen Gillian thinks that she's she's well she doesn't think she she has what she what she's told is a terminal illness where they uh it's funny because they do the same scene in that fucking terrible uh don't look up movie that I hated last year uh where they 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 make the well there's no such thing as a 100% chance joke and they do it again in this movie, but it's actually like funny because they're like you hated that I thought you liked that movie. No, it was cringe as fuck. I couldn't stand it. I, I enjoyed the movie's message. I just thought it was like very sloppily delivered. And I have to pull the tape on that one. I, I remember all because I don't think Sean saw it. I did not. You can pull. I the think tape. I thought me, you, and Gogs all I, varying I, degrees, but all at least I enjoyed I, it a little bit. No, I I just thought like I don't know it it. it it, it's like hearts in the right place, but it's like, I don't know. It was just kind of a mess. The fucking, the terminal illness she has is so hysterically gory. Like yeah. it, it's like, yeah. it's hard to even describe how funny it is. Yeah. But she, uh, she thinks she's going to die. So then she finds out that there's, there's this procedure where you can get cloned and the clone will, you know, take over your life. And basically your family won't have to deal with you, the loss of you dying because you'll have this clone that takes over your life. Well, she finds out eventually that after the clone has been produced, also the clone is produced in what, what do they say, Sean? Like 20 seconds. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. And it's like fully formed. Like there's, and there's no explanation. It's just like, no. boom, like fully formed. No, like, it's like you said, if you're not with it, yeah. like immediately you will hate the movie. Yeah. And there's no explanation ever. And, um, it's great because, uh, so she finds out, she finds out, again, she, the doctor tells her that there is a 100% chance, and she's like, well, there's no such thing as 100%, 100% chance. Well, in this case, there is. <laughs> like, like, and, uh. No, 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 the, the joke is, I'm sorry, I don't want to no, step on it, but the joke is it's a 98% chance. It's like, oh, so there's a 2% chance of it. It's like, well, technically we have to say that, but I'm telling you 100% you will die. Right, but then when she <laughs> comes back, she's like, well, I did say there was a margin of error. <laughs> but, um. Uh, anyway, so she finds out she's not going to die, and then it becomes like uh, she's going to decommission the clone, but the clone is already kind of taken over her life, and the clone wants to live. And then she finds out that there's this law where if the clone wants to live, they have to face off in a duel, and there's your fucking movie. But the, one of my favorite parts of the whole movie is the guy explaining to her the law that the duel is, like, well, we can't have two of you around. That would just be absurd. Like, that's literally the expl- explanation. Like, oh, it's, 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 it's not any more than that. It's just like, well, we can't have two of you running around. That's just, yeah, that would just be silly. Be, I think he says silly is the word. Anyway, I loved it. Uh, it's, I believe it's on Hulu, but it's also on the Plex. Uh, any all like, besides Sean want to watch it. It's very good. Um, I also watched the new Brandon Cronenberg film, Infinity Pool. I loved it. I, uh, it's, it's real early in the year, but if this isn't in my, the end of my year list, I'm going to be shocked. I, I fucking, everything that, every weird scene that this movie was selling, I'm buying. This movie is so fucking out there and 
you know, everything that I like about Brandon Cronenberg movies, like, you know, just like it's got the violence of Possessor. It's got the weird out there concepts that any viral had. It's got, um, I mean, it's shot really well. I love the performances in this movie and I love kind of the, like, um, I mean, without spoiling a whole lot in this movie, like, there's a lot of like role reversal in this movie. Like basically you're, you kind of were set up to believe that, you know, Alexander Skarsgård is the main character and you think he's going to be this kind of strong, you know, protagonist, but he kind of turns into the like final girl of this movie in a weird way. And he's kind of this, he's, he's not this tough, strong guy. Like, I mean, obviously you think of something like the Northman, like he kind of is this kind of wilty coward. And that's kind of like the whole point of the movie or one of the points of the movie. Uh, the movie is about how bad the rich suck, which is a, it's a sentiment that's in a lot of movies I've been watching lately, which I really love. Um, but yeah, this movie is fucking wild. Apparently there's an NC-17 cut, but I don't know what else he could put in it because this movie was graphic as hell. And in a weird way, you know, usually the MPAA, they usually stamp down on violence. Like they have a, or, or excuse me, they usually stamp down on, um, sexual stuff and this movie is very graphic in the sexual stuff and usually uh usually they're not too keen on that shit and i don't know i was surprised with what he could get away with in an r-rated movie but i fucking loved it um it's fucking wild it's a it's a wild fucking ride and i think i i think like uh it's gonna be interesting when this movie when more people see it and kind of the discourse around it you know i'm always interested in that Cause I feel like people generally, like even like people that aren't like huge, like fucking art weirdos like me liked Possessor. Like I think Possessor was generally like well received, but I also there's think there's a lot of action in Possessor too. Well, yeah, there's a lot of action, but I also think the narrative is pretty clean. Like it's weird, but I think like it's a pretty easy to follow plot. Like it's weird, but you kind of get what's going on. This movie is kind of ambiguous and like there's a like even the ending is kind of like left to interpretation and it's a lot more about like kind of themes than anything like it's it's more of like a ride like i but i fucking loved it i can't wait to watch it again um if i have to hear another tiktok with me and pearl saying baby like (laughs) baby baby She's really good in the movie too. Also, uh, great cans on Mia Goff. I don't know where she's hiding those things. She oh, must Mia have. Why did I call her? What did I call her? I thought you, you she was. Mia she Goff. said Mia Pearl, but she's in the oh, movie. Yeah, Pearl. Well, she's in the movie. Pearl, Were you thinking of the the super group Mini Pearl with the, <laughs> <laughs> the Raphael Sadiq? Um, he probably or no Lucy Pearl. Mini Pearl was like a country singer. Yeah, uh, but anyway, I I loved Infinity Pool. Go watch it; it's great. It's probably going to be in the theater for like a week, <laughs> but it's that I thought it was awesome. Um, just fantastic movie. So yeah, that's that's all I watched. Uh, Gogs. Uh, I watched two things. Two things. Two things. Um, one old, one new. Uh, we'll talk about the old one first, and the new one second. The old one was Jim Lenors. Jim Lenors. No, it's the aliens. <laughs> uh, Chopping mall. I watched Jim Wynorski's Triumph Chopping Mall. Oh, I love <laughs> that, that movie rules. Uh, I, I, that, I don't know. If you haven't seen Chopping Mall, it kicks an unmitigated pile of ass. The uh, premise of that movie is so stupid. The premise of that <laughs> like, movie is dumber than dog shit. The fact that they, <laughs> that they had to have, uh, not, I guess, 
so not just malfunctioning uh, mall security robots that are armed with lethal weapons, but uh, sentient. Like they're doing, there's malice of forethought in this movie. It's not like they're just like, uh oh, go kill. Like they're like planning that's, that's it out. A great name for a death metal band, malice, malice of forethought. Well, just the idea that the the petty theft at the shopping mall is so out of control. <laughs> right. Like this is like this is this is OCP levels of extra for trying to defend this mall. Um, but it is it is a lot of fun. Uh, I was watching the. the 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 I don't know if you guys you guys have recently seen Chopping Mall, but uh, it, it has normal band of cast of characters of uh, of young, young horny teenagers looking to have a mall campout sex party. Yeah, and one of them, as someone I was watching with it described, is his entire personality is what Tom Cruise looks like chewing gum. And after he said that, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I can't. Um, you guys are gonna have to help me, but I watched the first time I ever saw Chopping Mall. It was yeah. at the Charles, I think. Okay. okay. And they had a double feature with with Chopping Mall, and then there's a movie where, um, what's her name? She's super hot. She has dark hair. She was in Labyrinth and uh, Jennifer Connelly. So there's a movie where she like she also stays in a mall overnight. Like I can't. Oh, mannequin? Do you know what I'm talking? Not about? mannequin. Uh, the no. Target movie. Is yeah. That no, no. no I, yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I watched. I watched those two movies back to back, and it was quite an experience. Yeah. That that movie wasn't as good as Chopping Mall, but I just no. remember, very like, few what, movies are. What an odd odd theme to a program like. Yeah. People staying in, in a building. Stores. Yeah. Um, you could also play Dawn of the Dead. Both of them. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, Chopping Mall rules. Everyone should check out Chopping Mall. That mall is bonkers, and no one ever thinks. Actually, you know what? I was gonna say no one thinks to run upstairs, but they do, and the robots figure it out. Um, oh, and there's some like great stores. The stores in Chopping Mall are, are the impossible. same. They're the same stores from the like the Dead Rising universe, <laughs> where they just have like you walk into the sporting goods store, and there's just Lucy guns everywhere. <laughs> like it's it's a ton of fun. Um, and then the other thing I watched because. Uh, my kids were all jazzed up about how much fun Matilda was. We watched the other rolled down the movie. Pajamas. Uh, no, we watched uh, the BFG, which it turns out the big, I the big fucking the giant, fucking the gun? big fucking giant. Yeah. Oh, okay. Starring, I guess I don't know if he's, I guess <laughs> I, I guess I don't know. If, I don't know whether you consider him like a friend of the show or mortal enemy of the show. Mark Rylance, um, as the titular big friendly giant. I, I, think uh, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call him a friend or enemy of the show. I don't think any of us ever talked to him. Oh, yeah. that's fair. Good point. He's um, pretty good. I mean, he's good in stuff. He was really good in he's that. He's good in uh, Ready Player One. There it is. Mm. He's one. He, he was good in that. Dunkirk. He was good in that Bones and All movie. I I should have talked about that too, but he was really good in that. Um and. Uh, it's the movie's fine. I don't recall read. I don't think I ever read that Roll Doll book. But the ending of the movie is kind of batshit insane because that giant ends up trying to defend the the English against the rest of his. He's like the runtiest giant, and the other giants are all like full on Attack on Titan, eat people all the time giants. And he's a and he's a vegetarian, but then he can like. Capture and manipulate dreams. So the end of the movie is, and this is of course, this, of course he can. This is how the movie ends. So spoiler alert for 2016 Steven Spielberg gem BFG. 
he concocts a specific nightmare to inject into the brain of the Queen of England, which upon waking, she finds this young girl on her balcony and then meets the giant. The giant has brunch with the queen, gives everyone fart soda, everyone farts, and then the queen orders a full-on Tom Clancy tactical strike against the land of the giants, and all the all the meat-eating giants are netted in, like, Pavlo-style helicopters and then dropped into the ocean like the body of Osama bin Laden. And that's how the movie ends. This so is basically, movie. like, Inception. It is yeah. wild. This yeah. is a movie for children? <laughs> this is a movie for full-blown children. Uh, <laughs> for Steven Spielberg's BFG. Uh... It was weird. I don't. I can't recommend it, but it is strange. So <laughs> I can't recommend it, but it is bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, that is all I watched, Sean. Uh, nothing. Just some foosball. Nice. Good old foosball. Did you catch well, any of the highlights of the Royal Rumble? I did. Uh, pretty good. No. Okay. Logan, Logan Paul is going to be the next big WWE superstar. <laughs> Logan yeah. Paul's mid-air collision with Ricochet was... I've seen the memes. I amazing. Actually, yeah. It was, it was, actually it was pretty good event. Like, really incredible. And the uh, the work they're doing with the Bloodline storyline is like... It was awesome. I think I love it. But like, I've seen some people say it's like some of the best stuff they've ever done. Holy shit. And, I mean, it was really they're... they're Considering they've got this story going for like over a year now, or close to a year, and it's still going well, like it's really good. So, and the yeah. three of us sat. The matches were over, and the three of us stood in silence for fifteen minutes to watch the plot develop before, yeah. before like before hoping, we left. I'm hoping yeah. Sami Zayn would hit Roman Reigns with a chair. <laughs> and he finally did, and we all went fucking ape shit. Yeah. Did Liz yell at you all uh, the Amanda Nunez Chris Cyborg fiasco? Uh, no, we were at Alex's house. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, um, Liz has put up with a lot, but she did. That was like the one time I think she had finally had enough. Well, was, that was, I mean, whatever. It was three thirty in the morning, and we but, were screaming at the top of our lungs. <laughs> and there was a baby. It's not our <laughs> fault that uh, Amanda Nunez, the lioness, beat Chris. Yeah, it's board. really her fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, we're cheering for women, Liz. Support yeah, her, girl boss. Yeah. Yeah. Wash your elbows or whatever. <laughs> Wash your elbows. Wash your elbows. Well, we we found a Sean kink tonight. Clean elbows and dirty elbows. Those elbows better be shiny. Oh. I'm like a fucking uh, Leland Palmer just yanking people's arms up. Like, go put some cocoa butter on those elbows, Laura. Your elbows are awfully ass. Shout out mid-90s Black Twin Peaks. <laughs> Darnell Rawlings as Leland Palmer. Hell yeah. It's a joke All for right. one person. All right, uh, Gogs, what movie did we watch, and, and what happened in this crazy we can, watched, we, can we briefly, before you even start, let's talk about the Alec is four seconds into the movie, and we get a text of, like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> Ready? Like, he's well, he's like, did, like, the shaky cam. He didn't say it's not, not wrong, good. Because to be I fair, I don't like it either. Yeah. Oh, no, it was yeah. jarring. I, I didn't realize how jarring it was. Like, I, was, I had, like, my whole vision full of it. I was like, I might get a little sick. I am also going to go ahead and say that this movie, for me anyway, overcomes, like, I don't like a lot of his, like, editing choices. Like, I 
I, it seems the, like the 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 editing trickery goes away pretty quickly because there's a lot of like weird shit up front yeah. that just kind of dies off. Yeah, it, yeah. Once it calms down, like it's fine. But it also kind of reminds me of like I feel like it's kind of a product of its time. Like we were talking, oh, it's very like, new metally, like it's, yeah. but, without, but, but, not, but not as cringy as like Dracula two thousand. But it's it's got that it's got that it's got that DNA syndrome, right? It's in filters, blue filters. Well, it's it's also like we were talking about this. I think we were talking about this before. We were talking about like seven. It's it's still got a little bit of that like seven stink on it, like that that it was the, the attitude era of of movies. Fincher like like hyper cutting and shit like. It, it, it's it's not, and I think like again, like the script is so good and the performance is so good, it it gets past it. Normally, I hate those blue filters, but because of like not only the subject matter, but how cold temperature wise the place is that you're yeah. in, I feel oh, like I it kind of works. I don't have a problem with the color. No, palette. I had no pride, no problem the, with any the of the color palette. I just don't like, like I said, we'll get into it, but I don't like some of the editing choices. I found kind of tedious, but we'll get into it. All right, hmm. so the movie opens with like. Uh, an incredibly frenetic uh, run and like run and chase scene with uh, movie the podcast alum Jason Patrick, uh, the uh, standard Detroit junkie, and it is like there's no soundtrack. It is just huffing and puffing, running and chugging. Fucking this dude is going full speed, like tweaker juiced out. He gacks a dude in the neck with. Uh, nuke or whatever they're doing nowadays. It, it is uh, nuke, pretty much. <laughs> and that guy just, and that's like, there's like, this is an incredibly brief scene, but there's this half a second pause where Jason Patrick's looking at this guy on the ground, realizes there's nothing he can do for him. You see this look in Jason Patrick's eyes of just like regret and dismay. And then he picks up and keeps running. And then you have the same guy runs up to this playground, grabs oh. a kid off the slide, and holds another needle to the kid's neck. And Jason Patrick just goes time cop and like, blah, 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 blah. And he catches dude in the nose. Kid's fine. But then you see that he winged the kid's pregnant mother in the hip. Yeah. And then, I, I love the shot. Like, well, not the shot, but like the way, it, the way it, the scene is shot, because it's done so fast and you're not like, you don't really know what happened. You just see the guy go down. Like at first, you're not sure if he hit the kid, if he hit like, who he hit, and it's, like, so chaotic. Like, it's Well, you rough. think everything's okay because the kid's fine, and then you find the mom. Who oh, I disagree. Of... Like, everything, like, it happened so quick. Like, I didn't know what the fuck went down because, like, you hear her screaming, you hear the kids screaming. Like, right. I, I don't know. I thought, like, frenetic. I must have missed it because I, I did look away for a minute. Does he not shoot another kid on the way on the chase, like a teenager or something? No. Like, okay. No, no. He, you, there's a guy that the guy stab like the junkie stabs, and that okay, guy's that's like right. choking with blood. It's fucking disgusting. But like, that guy's yeah. like that guy's like Chekhov's bystander because he comes up later. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we're we're treated to like a, an inquiry where Jason Patrick's being in, like asked by a tribunal about what happened and how it went down. He's been suspended. Um, he's at home with his wife and da- and son. Um, you know, they're basically, they're like, all right, we want you, here's the deal. You hear about this cop who died. We've got, it happened two months ago. We've got no leads. We know that, you know, you were, he was deep underground. He was deep undercover narcotics for like two years or something like that. They're like, you know, people, if you help us close this case, we'll get you a job. We'll get you, we'll reinstate you. We'll give you your job. We'll give you a job back homicide. Uh, he wants a desk. He doesn't want to be out in the street anymore. He's done with it. 
So he's like, fine. And they're like, all right, well, here's the thing. You need, well, first he says no. And then, um, I always get this guy's, I always, I always get the guy that's that Shane McBride. Shane McBride. Oh no, it's not that That's guy. a different guy. Sean McBride, right? That's the guy. It's, yeah, it's Chi or Chai. Yeah. I don't Chai. Yeah. The guy from uh, Waiting. Yeah. yeah. The and, guy from uh, Boston, 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 Boston Public. Public. Yeah. Boston Public. Um, and let's Under, go to prison, undercover, I think. Undercover brother. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, um, uh, no, he was in some prison movie, though. Let's go to prison. Let's, let's go, go to prison. prison. Yeah. Yeah, he's Dax. Uh, you never want to stay home and drink toilet wine anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. He's like, listen, man, I'm like, I need your help here. I'll do whatever I can do. Blah, blah. And he's like, look, just look at some files. They're trying to, um, they're trying to silence of the lamb and just like, just look at some files. Uh, so he's like, fine, I'll do that. But he looks at it. He's like, here's what I know. Dude was like, you know, he's in deep. He's, you know, he's a mess, blah, blah, blah. Who knows what happened? You know, there's not enough. This one guy, Henry Oaks, seems to be all over it. They're like, listen, this guy's like, a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a cop. I guess he is a cop. Cooking cops. Right. Like, like he's not the, he's not the cop the city deserves, but the cop the city needs right now in the captain's eyes. Like he closes cases. He's a wild can. He's a loose cannon. Yeah, uh, but, it, but you're, but, you're introduced to him. Literally, he's got blood all over him. He and finds like a police issue pool ball. Yeah. He's somewhere. Got, he's got a bunch of pool balls in a sock and he beats this guy up in custody. It's the, it's like, it's such a great introduction to his character, but he beats it's, him up because he was like version of the introduction of Murphy in RoboCop. Yeah. Yeah. But like he beats the shit out of the guy, but the whole time he's like, if I hit you laying your hands on your wife and kid again, yeah. I'll fucking bury you. And let me tell you something about Ray Liotta. So Ray Liotta might movie. be one of the most, when he, he probably can run the gamut from being like incredibly charming to one of the most menacing looking people Has he you ever can imagine. Been this big before? Cause no, he he's is monstrous. He's so he's huge yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. He's like Russell Crowe in nice guys. Like he is like a fucking yeah. Hulk in this movie. He is so good in this fucking movie. He is like, it, it's unbelievable. like, it's like distracting. Cause I'm yeah. so used to like late career fucking Ray yeah. Liotta. Like, in Ray Liotta. Like I can, I compare he's, this. To, go ahead. Alex. He's, he's dead now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I, I said to Sean. Sean said he's so good, and I said, "Yeah, he sucks, but he sucks so bad now he's not even alive." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, really. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> Hollywood was like, you know what? <laughs> oh wow! Thumbs down. Hollywood Caesar is like. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great joke for an audio for, medium, for, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, the Romans will get it though. So, um, <laughs> the uh, a Roman contingent. <laughs> yeah, I also uh, like in, in your in, you, you mean ancient Romans? Yeah, the ancient Romans. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. I I don't know what a movie is, but this show rocks. They're right about Caesar. He loves so them. How are we hearing this? Have you heard these wizards that come out of the thing? Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> we should do yeah, this show weird. in Latin. Suck my dick or what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, anywho. Our show is used as an aphrodisiac in, in ancient Rome. Well. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, well, I would, this movie's a two-hander, and both Jason Patrick and Ray Liotta in this movie are fucking phenomenal. I'll Dude, just Jay- say it. 
I, we said this with sleepers, but why didn't Jason Patrick become like the hugest actor? He's this so scene, fucking good. The scene he, later in this movie where he's like, like shaking down the junkie, we'll get to it, yeah. is so goddamn good. And the last scene in this movie is so impossibly good by Jason Patrick yeah. that it is. Uh, did he get not? He probably didn't get nominated no. for this, but he probably should have in two thousand two because he yeah. is just decimating the scene. Well, uh, I don't know, because usually Alec does the behind-the-scenes stuff. I don't know if you saw this, but apparently they weren't going to release this movie theatrically, but Tom Cruise saw it and was like, no, we're doing it. And he paid to have it released in theaters. Oh, he gave him like good for wow. or something. I did notice during the credits, which I don't think I ever paid attention to, that Ray Liotta was a producer on this movie. Well, it's... So that probably meant that like Carnahan was having a hard time getting this made, which also, is absurd. I would never have noticed this until this movie, but um, uh, Leota and Patrick sound a lot alike. So if they're not on screen and one of them's talking, sometimes I was like, wait a minute, is that? Oh, no, that's Patrick. Yeah, they're they're both amazing. But anyway, so now uh, Jason Patrick's been hooked up with Ray Leota and he's kind of learning. You know, you're introduced to. And this comes up later too. It's a very tight movie in this regard. So, mm-hmm. like they're in, like they're at the they're at the firing range because now Jason Patrick's rusty. He hasn't been using a gun for seven months, and so he's shooting. He's missing all over the place. And then you hear bop, 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 bop right next door, and it's you know six shots all to the head, and that's Henry Oak. He's like, let's set, let's what is it? Let, let's get some coffee or whatever he says. And yeah. they go and they they kind of feel each other out, and like Henry and Oak's kind of like, listen, before we go any further, are you are you are you IAD? Are you internal affairs? Cause you just fucking tell me now. Cause he feels, cause he knows he's a, he knows a loose cannon. He knows they're trying to bust him for whatever. And he, everybody also knows that Jason Patrick has unceremoniously been, uh, removed from the force. So they're wondering why he's there. Right. So he's suspicious and it makes sense, but they're like, you know, it's, I'm, I'm here just because I want, he's like, I'm trying to clear my name. I don't give a shit about you. I'm not IAD. I just want to close this case so I can get a desk job back. And so they have like sort of a, a reluctant or a, uh, a little bit of understanding of each other. So then they start going about solving the case. They're looking at files. They're trying to figure out what happened. They find out this guy, uh, whose name is, his name's Jimmy Fredericks was his street name. His real name was Cal, Michael, Calvez, Michael Calvez. Michael Calvez, yeah. They found him under an overpass, beat to shit with his head blown off or a bullet in his head, you know, killed. They don't know who did it. There's got no leads. There's this really, it's sort of, I found it initially jarring, but then I kind of liked it. Where they broke the screen up into like quadrants and I, it shows them I, like a mod. I couldn't stand it. Oh, really? I really liked it. it grew, I didn't like it at first, then it grew on me. No, I liked it, and I'll tell you why. Because those scenes are in an in a regular movie, like those take up way too much time, and I felt like this was like very much like you got the information you needed. It illustrated that what they were doing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. No, I get I, it. I, I like I. I yeah. I liked how quick it was. Like I thought that, maybe if I thought it, that was very clever. It shows up in other parts of the movie. I don't hate it as much, but it's like kinda jarring because it only happens once. It just happens that one time. That, that is fair. That's that's a fair point. It's an interesting way yeah. to do this montage though, and you can kind of in the soundtrack kind of bounce like the I found myself is, um, fantastic. By I way. found myself Oh the soundtrack is tremendous. But I I meant I guess what I meant was the um the vocal track or whatever kind of yeah. bounces between the four screens so like i found myself because i was watching it on the projector like and it's like taking up all my vision like like moving my head around trying to match up where the actual what we were hearing happening where right. um but then eventually it's it, and it's kind of cool because it starts with one screen then it branches out to four and they all change around and then it kind of tightens back up to the one that actually gives them a lead right yeah. and the lead is okay there's this drug dealer uh who's you know 
uh, might have been an associate of his. Uh, this guy, uh, what's his name, knew him from back in the, uh, uh, the Jason Patrick knew him from back in the day. Let's go check it out. All right, they go and fucking kick in his door, bust it up, look around. They find dude head exploded in a bathtub. And th- it's actually a really fun scene the way they put together, like, how they think they got here. Because Jason Patrick kind of pieces together that he, the guy didn't kill himself so much as he broke his bong when he was sitting in the bathtub and decided to pack the chamber of a Mossberg with weed yeah. and fire it up. And then that uh, spent the shot, the, the loaded shell he yeah, was not the, aware of. The, there was no, like, pin, right? Like, I there was no the, pin. You're, you're right. our, our ballistics expert. Right. There was no strike. There was no strike uh, dimple on the shell. So the the gunpowder just got hot and then fucking blew dude's teeth off. Or it was like taking a rip. Um, and then, but then you find out that, oh, this is a fucking police issue fucking shotgun. And then Ray Liotta, they're like, oh, maybe the file numbers have been sealed, you know, the, or the yeah. serial numbers have been filed off. And then Ray Liotta kind of takes over it and kind of, well, he's like, all right, let's call this in, blah, blah, blah. They call in the coroner, coroner kind of figures out what's up. So the movie continues to progress. And then Ray Liotta kind of reveals a little bit more about himself and he kind of tells a backstory about, you know, one time he was busting something, like, kind of like how so, he got to where he was. He talks about his wife. Yeah. Did anybody think about this scene when he, he talks about the little girl and all that? This was his Rorschach scene, right? Like, did anybody yeah, else yeah. think of that scene with the Rorschach, the flashback? Yeah. With yeah, the, it's yeah. also, like, loosely the uh, inciting incident in, um, oh, shit, what's the Casey Affleck movie Ben Affleck directed that's really good? Uh, 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 gone uh, Baby Gone. Gone Baby Gone, yeah. 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 Your games. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he's talking, they're talking. That's their podcast is in my rear view. Mm. <laughs> They're sitting on they're they're sitting on a stakeout or something and they're waiting for somebody and they're like all right well it's just they're they're bullshitting and chatting I guess like, like killing time and they're talking about their families whatever and you find out Ray Liotta's you know wife passed away from cancer and then how he was like and this actually is a really good bit of like lore building right he's like she died and after that I was like a different cop like I went through every door first basically he had a death wish like I just want to yeah. you know I'll, I don't I don't give a shit anymore I'll go and like he just became like a, a fucking renegade, like wild man. And he tells a story about it, came, you know, somewhere, found somebody that was uh, some junkie, was found that he's pimping out his 10-year-old daughter and how that changed him. And they had to peel him off him, otherwise going to murder this guy and yada, yada, yada. Like, so, I'll just say it before somebody else does. I know TJ thought this. I'm sure you guys probably thought it, too. This is just a much better version of the movie Training Day, like, in a, oh, lot, of, my a God. lot of respects. Yeah, no, well, it's, it, it is, and it's, uh, and especially the way it ends, because, yeah. well, we'll get to it. Well, so, speaking of Rorschach, it kind of, well, yeah, we'll get to it. But. So, uh, so now we're sitting here trying to figure out, all right, who, who's, who's who and what's on there. They're like, all right. Michael Patrick's, you know, his wife and kid, his, his marriage, excuse me, uh, Jason Patrick, excuse oh. me. I'm Michael thinking Scott. Cop. Michael Scott. Oh my God. Michael Scott. In this Michael one. Scott. Uh, oh, how the turntables. Uh, the, uh, his, he's, his wife is upset that he's out in the field doing stuff again, but he's coming obsessed because he needs to figure out how this thing's going down. You kind of get some flashbacks of when he was in deep cover. Like he was like shooting heroin and smoking crack and she had to like, Get him through detox. Like he was in a bad way. Um, he's going through files and he finds out about, uh, he finds out like at the scene of the crime, uh, they find that like evidence of this weird mix of chemicals. He's like, I've seen that before. And he goes and this is, uh, uh, Chekhov's bystander from the beginning, the guy who got, 
fucking jammed in the neck by this uh, other junkie named Dowd or Dodd uh, had the same mix in them. And it's this weird, like amalgam of drugs and heroin and battery acid that drugs they, and heroin. Yeah. That, that, you know, you know, light drugs plus heroin uh, <laughs> that uh, junkies shoot up when they can't get another fix. And there's only a couple people that cook it. And he's like, okay, well then, Let's run some names of who's been, you know, let's see if we can figure out. They find out there's been four people that have exposed this stuff lately. So let's go. Oh, I know one of them. Let's go check it out. And you have this scene where they go to another junkie's house, kick the door in, kind of beat the shit out of him, toss the place. The guy gives him shit. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. We missed. I, I skipped completely past a good scene, which was the very, very first scene, the very first criminal introduction. You got the guy whose dick is rotting off, and he oh. lit his, his old—he lit his woman's hair on fire. In, in my in my movie, that character is played by Sean. <laughs> well, I was just going to mention, although I do enjoy this movie quite a bit, I'm going to go ahead and put it on front street. The uh, people of color are played oh. to the most people of color. It's well, it, it's rough, and there, I, yes, there least, are people like this, right? Well, like I well, get no, 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 no. That God, that's not what I was about to say. Oh, okay. I was going to say at least Ray Liotta is painted as being awful and racist, so it's not as yeah. Like, but the, the problem is like Jason Patrick is also awful, and I think the movie is trying to get you there and understand it too. But like yeah. the language of the movie also kind of portrays him as being like the good cop, which yeah, is insane. It's, it's rough. Yeah, and you're right about that. Like, especially like I don't know. There, there, there's it, it, towards the end when when you get Busta Rhymes' character and that other yeah. like it's rough. It's also, like, like, Jason Busta Rhymes portray- oh, he's really good. He's Jason really Patrick's good in this portrayal. I think is meant in the story to be taken as like he is also a bad person, but it's not as explicit as it needs to be for a movie that's not really subtle in any other way. You know what I mean? Well, I think, I think, no, it, I well, agree. here's the thing. I thought that I kind of, we'll get into it later, but I kind of took them both. They're both bad cops, but they're both products of their environment and they're, well, this, I think there's varying like degrees of bad cops. Be, because yeah. even like the, you know, they're like, oh, we don't give a fuck. We got somebody. Let's just lock it up. And then it's like, no, no, we didn't get the right guy. And really, really, we'll find out why he's so concerned yeah. with them getting right. the right guy, but well, I right. I think like this is a it's is a like you look at the void, the void looks back at you kind of movie because like yeah. both of them have been in there too deep, and like I think like honestly I think it's one of the the few parts of the movie that I think is kind of underwritten. I mean it's in there, but like I think Patrick's character is like doesn't know how to reconnect with being a regular person anymore because he yeah. was so deep, and it's yeah. like touched on a little bit, but I feel like it's not. It's it, to me. I feel like they needed a little bit more seasoning. Well, like but, the Hurt Locker explored that sort of same thing. But the same as like you know, you can't. Sure. You, he's been institutionalized in this sort well, of way. And I, and well, I think Donnie Brasco was another yeah, yeah. one. But and I think this. I think this kind movie, of about that. And I think the, this movie, the Departed. Yeah, yeah, the yeah the, like The Departed. <laughs> but I think this movie um is is too too much of a a like a very good cop drama to also be like this, like psychological examination. It just doesn't have room for yeah, it. I and, agree with that. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, there's that first guy, they turn him on to the guy who blows his brains off. Then that they're like, okay, well now we know this other guy because of the, the weird poison he was shooting. So they go find, they go him, they beat him up. The guy talks shit. They toss his house. They find a badge, like an, a police badge of a slain officer uh, and then they turn they turn their back on this guy for half a second. 
He pops up, fires shots at him, catches Jason Patrick in the neck. Uh, Ray Liotta unloads on dude's greased. And then that is where you get Jason Patrick recovering. His wife can't deal with this. And the, then the department's like, good, case closed. We got him. The guy's got, he's a felon. He's got blah, 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 blah. He's got, he's already got, he's shown willingness to kill police officers. This is it. And then Ray Liotta's like, you want this to be it because it's, it's clean. It's over. Ray Liotta from day one is like, they don't give a shit about Michael Calvez. I care about Michael Calvez. They just want this off the books. They don't want, they want, and, and he says as much like, and conveniently, you can pin it on this white guy because now there won't be a race riot in Detroit. Yeah. So well, there's also a scene too. I don't know if I think we passed it already. That's kind of pertinent. They, they actually kind of got me with it. Uh, there's a part where Jason Patrick goes to interview the widow yes, of the cop. Yeah, good scene. And, oh, and that really, has, has that, that happened yet? No, no, that did happen earlier. It, it already happened. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So and Ray Liotta comes in and you hear his voice, so you know it's him, and he's picking up the kids and like, hey, how you doing? Blah blah blah. So you know, and then he freaks out. But the now I think the movie does a good job. Maybe I'm just dumb. Is that I took it as he was fucking that woman, and like they're setting oh, him up to I kill. Never, oh, okay. Then I was just no. I never then. took. I always took it as like it was too. It was too paternal. Well, yeah. it was too. Yeah, I, it was, I took it. I thought initially that like I I thought that he was definitely involved with the murder somehow, sure. but he was trying to cover it up for their sake or something, which is kind of what happened. Real quick, have you seen this before, TJ? Yeah, of course. Okay, okay. I right. saw this, like, this is one of those, like, uh, fucking... Edgy young it. man. DVDs. Oh, yeah, but I mean, yeah. I bought this. I, I You guys remember when Be- and Blockbuster used to do their, like, three for 15? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I, this yeah. is one of those I bought. And I, Alec, had you, had you seen this before? No. Okay. Um, so what did you but, actually? I'm curious. What did you think this point in the movie? Uh, at this point in the movie, the whole movie. At this point, no. At this point in the movie, like, how did you read that scene with the with Ray Liotta showing up at the house? Um, I didn't. I mean, I didn't read anything sexual into it. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was. I mean, I personally thought it was way too paternal, way too like Sean's involved with the kids. Horny. I'm very horny, just yeah. like Richard <laughs> Corbin. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> um, but uh, no, I because in a in a dumber movie, that's the setup, right? Oh, we are fucking this woman, and they're trying to get the fucking um the pension, so he shoots trying to get him out of so the way, right? Her. Yeah, right. So that's a sure. cheap. That's a very cheap version of this movie. Sean's You're right. so horny, his stomach hurts. Did <laughs> you say Richard Corbin, or did you mean Richard Dawson? No, I meant Richard Corbin. Well, the, I mean Richard Dawson. The, the comic book artist. <laughs> yes, I mean the, Richard Dawson, host of Family Feud, who's yeah, also I'm, I'm horny. With, I'm familiar with, first of all, I'm familiar with all Richards. Let's put that out on the screen. Real dick lover. <laughs> so, so yeah, he he does interview the widow, and then there's a scene where basically Rio's like, "You don't fucking talk to her without talking to me first. She's been through too much, whatever." Hey. He sells it; it's great. Um, so now the base, they're like case closed, whatever. And then he, when after that scene that I skipped over, Sean brought up. Thank you very much. Uh, he goes on to his like new age laptop for 2002 and uses a program that or an operating system that ceases to exist to look up this woman and find her records and they've been sealed away and locked up or whatever. So he calls in some favors. So later these records now finally show up and he kind of connects some dots. But now at the same time, miraculously uh, Ray Liotta has got a tip on some people that look like it would connect more dots to the actual killer. So they go to this old 
uh, rundown uh, auto body shop, and this is where the third act happens. And the third act is amazing. So yeah. uh, they show up. They're like, listen, these guys, here's what we're going to do. We'll get in. We'll bust them up. We'll see what's going on. Uh, we they they infiltrate this place. Oh, oh, they they went in full bore. They they were like tactical geared fucking shotguns. Oh like yeah, this. like like yeah. Leo's got like a shotgun with like a like a nine tube on it. The, and the fucking tension that that he ends up that he he builds through this scene just from how like I don't. It, it's kind of interesting because like the scene before they're like, all right, we're gonna go talk, we're gonna go check this place out. And then like they pull the car up and they're going in the back and they're loading all these guns. Oh, it was like it was like when Danny Glover fucking unloaded his trunk in Predator Two to yeah. walk into the meat locker. It was um, wild. Well, also, like, this is the point where like you know Ray Liotta. This is like everything's getting ready to come to fruition for him. He's got everything in place. Like yeah, he's finally also, getting revenge for his boy. We we might have skipped over this, but th- there's also a montage before this where. Patrick has found stuff, but you're not sure what he found. He yeah, he's, pe- it. he's Pelican yeah. briefing real quick. Yeah. 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 Um, so they go there. Uh, this move, this scene, these scenes are both incredibly loud and phenomenally quiet at the same time. Uh, they're slinking through. Buster Rhymes is listening to himself. Uh, another guy. <laughs> yeah, I did notice that right away. Uh, another guy. I mean, I would be doing that. Uh, yeah. another guy's taking a leak. They fucking bust these two dudes up. There's this crazy scene where, so Ray Liotta shotguns a dude in a urinals or in a bathroom, the Uranus. Uh, <laughs> and then that causes Buster Rhymes to turn off his own, uh, fat jams. And then Jason Patrick kind of peeks his head around the corner and gets met with a hail of Uzi fire. And because Jason Patrick's a fucking real one, he keeps chasing after this guy, fucking blasts him on a rooftop. They drag him back in, handcuff him together. Jason Patrick has the hilarious thing of saying, don't move when he's, like, immobilized and shot on the ground. Right. So they're they're hooked together like Henry Jones Jr. and Henry Jones Sr. And then they start having a a little, here's what we're going to do. You're going to confess. We're going to tell you what happened. Here's how it all went down. We're going to shake this place. They start tearing the place apart. They beat the fuck out of both. These guys have been beaten to ever living oh, shit. They, they look did. like, yeah, they look like hamburger, this right? Was, this was especially tough to watch given recent, yeah, the events. current political climate. Wow. Um, so they, they flip the place. They find a trunk full of guns, like police issue guns, all sorts of guns. And then Ray Liotta comes up with Michael Caves's gun and they're like, this is his fucking gun. You guys fucking did this. I fucking did it. It's in a bag. It's in a bag. Yeah. And then. He's like, no. So then Patrick's trying to like, like, all right, let's call it in. Let's get it done. And he said, no, we need to get a confession out of these fuckers. He's like, all right, well, go look. You got to, and, and the whole time, Buster Rhymes and his buddy are like, we didn't do it, man. You're going to fucking kill us, man. You didn't do it. We didn't do it. This is not fucking right, man. They're like, and they're doing shit like, this ain't right, man. Just take us in, man. And it's fucking. And I think it yeah, was. Don't, don't they, don't they say some shit like, you know, you know what happened or something like that? Yeah. Or, or like you were there. You know what happened. Like that and, sort of shit. Also, it, it just to illustrate to, to if, if you haven't seen it, like Ray Liotta is going like even harder than before. And like Jason Patrick has to get in the middle of it and be like, stop. Like he is repeatedly pistol whipping these fellows. Yeah. It's, it's pretty bad. And it, and then he separates them. He says like, he's going to go out to the car or whatever, but he just needs more time. Like, Ray Liotta that is goes out to the car. And then that's when Jason Patrick's brain starts twirling and, so Jason Patrick's locks the door and he's like, tell me what really fucking happened. And then you are 
Then you are given you you're told the tale of what really happened under that underpass. You find out Michael well, Calves was strung out beyond belief. He was in too deep. He care, he was calling Buster Rhymes all the time for junk, and he would give him guns. He would give him the names of other undercover cops. You find out that Michael Calves ratted out Jason Patrick and the Jason Patrick. The reason that he had that shootout that ruined his career and killed those bystanders was because Michael Calves had told this other junkie that he was an undercover cop. Yeah. He finally was selling guns. He was doing all this shit that they, that they were on this underpass. They started, Calves started acting crazy. He started pulling a gun on him. They beat him up, but they ran away and got shot at. And the one dude got caught in the net because there's a great part where he's like, and then they said Oak was there and Oak saw it. And Oak started chasing him down and started shooting at him. He's like, Hold up, Oak was shooting at you and you're alive because we know he's a fucking crack shot. And they're like, yeah, he got me. And it shows a scar on his neck from where he got winged. So now Jason Patrick's like, fuck, all right. And so he puts, he then, you know, eventually he gets out, or no, he goes outside. So Oak's beating on him. And then and then at, at this point, uh, the, 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 the Buster Rhymes and the other guy are saying that Oak shot Calvin. Calvin. Yes. So Buster, so, so Jason Patrick opens up the door confronts Oak. He's like, you know, telling him what's going on. Oak fucking pistol whip. No, does he, does this part where he reveals that like, listen, that girl, Michael Calvez's wife was the little girl from the closet you saved that you tried to support. Yes. And you know, and you know, he was strung out. He was a junkie. He was a, you know, he was a failure. He was, he was letting you down. So you fucking killed him. They had all this, this confrontation fucking, uh, Ray Liotta cracks him with a goddamn shotgun, but leaves him, for dead effectively and then goes in to go finish the job because he wants to get this confession. Uh, Jason Patrick breaks into the, the squad car or their, their undercover car, grabs another gun, comes in and basically saves these two dudes by blasting Oak. And then he runs up on him. And this scene is beautiful and sad and tragic. The way he runs up on him and he's like, don't you leave me like this. You got to tell me I'm right. You got to tell me what happened because he needs to justify that he killed this man. There's like, you fucking, he's like, you fucking killed him because he was strung out on junk and you I, couldn't deal with it. I, you, that's why you killed him. That's why me killing you is okay. Is, I got to reiterate thing. how good Leota is in this fucking scene. How good it's both of them are in this so scene. So intense. Like, oh my and God. so then so you see just Leota's like lips whispering or do whatever. And then, then you're treated the flashback of finally what really happened. And what it's really it, happened was them very, possibly. It's very Rashomon. That is true. You know what, Sean? I never I guess thought that's a good that. point. That could that also could be not what actually happened too. I never. That's thought That's a good of that. point. I didn't think about that. But the see, we find out that all that stuff went down. They got he got Calves got beat up by Buster Rhymes and associate. Oak was there. Calves shot at them. Oak's trying to get him cleaned up. He's like, "Listen, man, we got to get you help. We got to get you out of here. You're in too deep, whatever." And then you treated to a scene of Michael Calves blowing his own brains out, and then the. The sorrow that Ray Liotta shows in this scene, the way well, he cries over the body is. Well, well, there's a, there's a, like a little thing that I like. There's a little, little pinch that I like. So first, before you find out that, that Cav has shot himself, you hear Ray Liotta say they won't give the family anything. Right. And right. I think at that point, I thought they meant like if he was a junkie or whatever, right. like they wouldn't pay for, it. but then. You, it goes even further and you find out that Calvez killed himself and you're like, oh, fuck. Like, right. that, that's what I was talking about earlier where it's like a sad story becomes even sadder because it's just like this guy. Well, know, even the, well, you know, but the, here's the, the thing. The Leota in the retelling where he's like, 
I'm sorry I didn't get here sooner. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 and it's fucking, it's tragic and it's beautiful. But then you, and then you're left with Jason Patrick's sort of shock reaction, and you realize that this like dictaphone or whatever has been recording the whole thing, and then the movie just ends, right? So you don't know whether. So there's yeah. a couple ways this could go, right? And 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 then well, you get this. Like, you I could, forget you who mentioned Jason Rorschach earlier. I'm sorry, and uh, that's it's kind of the way Watchmen ends, where it's like you're not sure, like they have the material, you don't know who gets it, you don't know if anything ever happens, and I think it's like a really really kind of ballsy way to end the movie. Right, because yeah. Jason Patrick could could sell it all out and ruin this family's life, or Jason Patrick could be introspective and go, listen, me pinning all this on Oak doesn't do anything bad because it doesn't ruin anything in Oak's life. It would just make him the murderer, Michael Calvez, and then no yeah. one else knows the difference but me, but I know that family with those two kids I, will still be able to survive. I think a lesser movie has him selling out Oak and then he lives with the like burden of like his lie, but like right. I'm glad they don't do that. Right, like, it could I, be, but you don't know which way it's gonna go. All you know is all you all you're left with is, is the. And way. he could still he could still pin it on the other two to be perfectly yeah. honest. Yeah, but all you left cops, with, like, you've already found out the cops don't give a fuck. Like they just want. Well, to and the cops them. also get those guys too. They're pulling up as they're hopping away, still bound together in a chair. Yeah, right. Which is, but like you're left the the way that the movie ends, but you're left with just that realization on Jason Patrick's face and like the weight of what comes next, and you'll never know it. I think is brilliant. Yeah, I think I it's fucking absolutely wonderful. Um, that's fucking art. The movie goes like impossibly hard. I agree. Um, oh. I might have talked myself up a whole, a whole point in just reflecting on it. So this movie um, is so fucking good. Like. Yeah. For what's like a very like kind of bog standard cop movie, it's not doing anything like really fucking like out of left field, but it's just so well put together. I I think I think the script is so fucking good. And that's what I was saying earlier, where I I like Joe Carnahan, like I've liked the gray and I liked a couple of his other movies. I like ruled. I like 85 percent of Smoking Aces. But, like, he's never done anything like this, like, even close. Like, I don't even, like, there's nothing close to, to this. Like, I, it's kind of wild to me. Also, uh, to get back to the production of this briefly, so he he could not get this made. Like, he he shopped this around everywhere. Film studios told him that no one cares about cop dramas anymore. <laughs> and Ray Liotta is the one that saw it. And was like he thought he thought this is a quote i was looking for a movie that had some impact or at least make some cash leota said so Mm. he he's the one that met with carnahan and that's why he produced it so he was a big part of of even getting this movie off the ground um also they were going to make a tv show of this but nothing ever came of it it was going to 2014 they were going to they were development for a paramount show i don't know what the fuck that would have looked like in 2014 it probably would have starred yeah uh, that dude who ended up playing Sherlock. Uh, oh, Lee Miller. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I like that guy. <laughs> and the other role, they would have cast, uh, I don't know, a woman or a black man or... <laughs> or a trans black woman. Or they would have made him like, like, well, no, that, that was that in the boom where everybody had like a disability? Oh, yeah. Like yeah. all the cop shows, like they had like deaf cops and blind cops. <laughs> What was the thing? What was the joke in "I Love Ranch, You, Man"? Ranch cops, or is it "I Love You, Man"? It was forgetting Sarah Marshall with the the dog whisperer cop and that sort of thing. Yeah. That's and, forgetting Sarah Marshall because that's yeah. her. Uh, yeah, because that's Jay, the the thing at the end. She's the 
or it's not the dog whisperer. It's like the dog something. psychic or something yeah. like that. But that was her later show. Her first show was like Blind Justice, right? Yeah. She's like what blind was, cop. What was that cop show where the guy had long shot powers? Do you remember that? Like he was just like supernaturally lucky. And I think it oh, passed for like three oh, years. Oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. What was it called? And it starred D.B. Sweeney. Yeah. Yeah, it was on Fox. Fuck, <laughs> I remember that. It was so stupid. Like literally it was just he was lucky. Fuck, why do I... Oh, damn it, Sean. That's going to kill me now. So, uh, anyway, know, let's get back to the movie. I'm going to look well, up this show. For doing a little doing a little more digging. Uh, so, this movie came out in 2002. D.B. Sweeney, everybody. Yeah, that, that so hashtag. The yeah. Edge. We have one, yeah, hashtag one post. the cutting edge. <laughs> Topic. Um, so... <laughs> this I, I'm, I'm proud of all our deep knowledge on fucking <laughs> the cutting edge. So... This movie came out in 2002, right? Here's the 2002 Oscars, just because I was trying to figure out what was going on. Gangs in New York came out in 2002. Pass. The Two Towers came out in 2002. <laughs> uh, the Pianist, which people loved, I never saw yeah. it, came out in 2002. I mean, it was a very strong year for, like, artsy like, and big movies. That's not even the best Harvey Keitel penis movie. True. Yeah. <laughs> Catch Me If You Can, Adaptation, Road to Perdition, Ooh, all these nice. are 2002 movies. Yeah. Um. So... I guess it kind of got lost in the sauce there. Uh, the show Sean was talking about was called Strange Luck. Jesus Christ. And That's not even ran, a good title. It ran for one season. On uh, Fox. Wow, not very lucky. How the, how the fuck do both of us remember a show that lasted for one season? <laughs> because the premise is fucking absurd. <laughs> in 1995, somebody wrote that, and somebody was like, yeah, I'll write you a big check to make this. Like, I'm stupid. I don't know if you guys remember fucking Fox dramas back then, but they were just they were just spaghetti against the wall. Like, they got, they got X-Files, and then it was just like, whatever. I always Whatever, guys. I feel like Alec mentions it at least once a year as Fast Lane, the fucking yes. uh, <laughs> top show. Yeah, like, Peter yeah. Fanicelli and Bill Bellamy. <laughs> <laughs> also, do you guys remember Millennium with Lance Hendricks? Oh, I remember I Millennium. That was, that was the companion piece of the X-Files. That was like the the uh, fucking love and rockets to X-Files. Is yeah. like, I don't know, whatever X-Men. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, if you're cool, you watch Millennium. Dude, I think... <laughs> but I also think... had uh, the, lone, the Lone Gunman. The Lone Gunman, yeah. Oh, God. Which oh. was, like, those three nerds. Yeah. The, the the parts of the X-Files that no one wanted. Like, <laughs> we're, we're, we're Scully and Mulder. Oh, we got you some nerds. Like, oh, great. I think... So I'm looking them up. D.B. Sweeney looks like... Paul Rudd's Dorian Gray, like how Paul Rudd's ageless, all of his years have gone to D.B. Sweeney. Because they started looking the same. That's uh, fucking hysterical. That's a movie right there. That's a great comparison, guys. All right, uh, all right, sorry. So anyway. D.B. Sweeney. D.B. Uh, Sweeney. <laughs> Way to take us off the rails, D.B. Sweeney. <laughs> D.B. Sweeney is somewhere going, what the fuck? Like, this is like, the most his name has been said on the internet in two decades. <laughs> Uh, they didn't have the internet when someone, D.B. Sweeney someone, was relevant. Mr. Sweeney, Mr. Sweeney, somebody used you in a hashtag, sir. <laughs> Somewhere else, see Thomas Howell's like, when's it going to be my time to show? When are they going to start talking about fucking side out? Gwen uh, and Stacy. Was that him? Uh, Max Vine's side out. Um, so. Gwen and Stacy. Gwen yeah, and Stacy? Wasn't that uh, sh- that was a show on Fox? It was Gavin that? and Stacy. 
Gavin well, Stacy. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, continue, guys. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. So, anywho, join that us. was that was that was the worst version of Dharma and Greg. <laughs> <laughs> join us, join us on our new podcast. Remember naming the TV shows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tonight. Tonight on Fox. No um, criticism or no in-depth no, discussion. We're just, no, just naming and well, premises. To, to, bring it, to bring it all back around, the guy who was the male lead in Dharma and Greg ended up on that uh, show, The Pretender, where he was a super genius and he had the skills of everybody. And every week, he'd like one week he was a race car driver, and then one week he was like a NASA scientist solving crimes around the world. Wow. Nobody remembers the pretender. Okay. I, well, I think no, I do because that was like a that was a remake. That show was in the eighties also. Oh. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know that. I remember that Foo Fighters song. Wasn't there also a, a new New Mutants character with like goggles that had that same power set where he could just do whatever everybody else was an expert in? Uh, Talk about Shatterstar? N- yes, no. guys, I'm talking about Shatterstar, who definitely wore goggles. No, he was, he was like a black teenager. He was like the leader of like that version of the new mutants where they had oh, the wind uh, girl and like. Yeah, I can't remember the. I know who you're talking about. It was a. Uh, I think his name was Prodigy. That's it. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, he was the fire starter, twisted fire starter. <laughs> Welcome to our spinoff show. <laughs> remember that TV show with what is that big X Men character? <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, and Allie, you know, the ultimate podcast would we never answer these questions. We just immediately go to it. It just spins it into another question, <laughs> and then they all end with mutant prostitute Stacy X. Because I feel like that's a oh, weird yeah. point of reference for all of us. Also, Alex. yeah. So, Alec, you haven't said much during this. What do you think about this? With it being your first viewing. Um, I definitely didn't love it as much as you guys did. I'm not super into the really dark, gritty, filthy, drug-infested cop dramas. Hmm. Um, it doesn't do it for me like it does for the rest of you. I mean, it wasn't bad. Like, I could recognize that it's a really good movie. It just wasn't in my lane. Hmm. Um, in the beginning, really turned... Like, I literally... No joke. It was playing for five seconds, and I had to turn it off because I felt sick. You know, it's a very jarring te- opening scene. That's when I texted you. Yeah. I was like, I this like I can't. If the whole <laughs> movie, movie like this, yeah. is like this, like I can't. Like I'm not even gonna finish it. <laughs> it's not, thankfully. Really Thank is. God. Yeah, like yeah. that wasn't even like shaky cam. That was like purposefully trying to give somebody a seizure. Yeah. Well it's even worse too, because it does it for like twenty seconds, then it stops for a second and then it goes back to it for like, yeah, you you, you recalibrate and then you're like, Oh god damn it. <laughs> Um, but I can see why it's why people love it and why you guys like it. It just wasn't wasn't my thing. It is hard to really get down with, like again, current climate, but really yeah. the same climate it's always been, just with more video of it. it well, like, it, you know, it's funny because at like, least it doesn't really lionize cops. Like, well, I mean, I feel like I feel like this is kind of an anti-cop cop movie, right? Because all the cops are shitty, like. The higher up cops are terrible because they just want shit to go away. And then you got the cops that are doing shit and they're awful. Like they're just fuck. Like Ray Liotta's like flat out like, I'm just going to break every rule because I don't give a fuck. Because yeah. well, I'm yeah, right. That's a, he says it. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I mean, like, like you said, and I, I do agree with you. I don't think it, I don't think the movie, I think the movie on paper 
probably does, but in in practice, I don't think they make Patrick a, a like a unlikable enough character. I think they yeah. try, but I don't think it works. Like yeah. I think that he needs to do something that's like more reprehensible or something. Like I know, like he again in the move in the in the in the the language of the movie, they're trying to say that he's like a part of him is lost to his job. Yeah. But I don't think it's really illustrated well enough. Like I, I no. think it's there, but I also agree with what you said. Where I don't know where you'd put that in the movie. Like the movie right. is already very brisk, so like I, I, I see it as a problem, but I also understand why. It's yeah, because you risk dragging the movie down. Like, cause it's what an hour forty. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's quick. That's one thing I will say. Like, I, I like the pacing of this movie. And this is, this is probably a stupid thing to say because all movies rely on performances pretty much. Uh, Hmm. but this movie, especially without these two, like, really brilliant kind of virtuoso performances would not work almost at all. I was thinking the whole time, like, if somebody else was in either one of these roles, like, it would just suck. Like, I, I don't know. I was thinking of like, I don't, for some reason, like, like a, a late era Russell Crowe just cashing a paycheck. Oh, in the I, I was fucking... thinking of uh, what was the movie Gogs mentioned last week? The Paul Walker running scared. Oh yeah, oh, like, it could uh, very easily be that kind of movie. Yeah, yeah, because both of these actors take it very seriously. Like, oh, they're giving they're leaving it all on the field, and everybody does. Like even the supporting cast, I think they did a really good job. So, uh, anything else? We've talked a lot about this movie. We interrupted you many, many times. Um. <laughs> But I, I think I think we got everything out that we wanted to say. Uh, so let's get into five knuckle shuffles. Sean, uh, it's a nine for me in a weird way because uh, it would. This is one of the few movies where I think, even though this is a very very good movie, obviously I think there's an even better movie to be made. But I don't know what it is, and it also might be three hours long. Well, you know, it's funny because they said that TV show, maybe that that could have been that. You know, that could have maybe gotten into all the nooks and crannies the movie didn't. Yeah, but if it turns into like a like a Brian Michael Bendis decompressed thing, maybe I don't like it as much, you know, so it's hard yeah, to say. Fair. But it, just going back to what we were talking about earlier with like the, the kind of examination of Jason Patrick as a human being. Like, I, I would love to see that because I think the script's really good, but I also don't want it to be two hours and 40 minutes. So maybe it just yeah. drags it down too much. So I don't know. But beyond that, man, the movie looks great, even with that fucking blue filter over top of it. Like, it never it never gets into that fucking, like, you know, soggy middle. Even Seven, to a point, has a soggy middle of the detective work. And it's like, I don't care yeah. specifically. No, I agree. I don't need them fighting with the even when they fight with the brass. It's it, that scene is what two minutes, and yeah. then they're right back into it. There's not that twenty five minutes of them farting around at home eating Chinese food, staring off into space or whatever. They just go right back immediately into what they were doing. So this is really, really, really solid movie. Like I give it a nine. Uh, Alec. Uh. Oh. I'm gonna give it a seven. Nice. Like, that's a respectable pers- score for a movie you don't want. Like, well, you, you I'm gonna say, per, per, like personally, like in a vacuum, if I just watched this mm-hmm. and didn't have to rate it for a show, it'd probably be much lower. Just thinking of it from my point of view, but I can understand sure. why. I mean, I, there are plenty of movies on the show that I think, like I've said, they're definitely not my cup of tea. But I can understand why people like it and why. It's held in such high, in such high regard. Um, 
It's not my thing, man. Respect, though. And that's, and that's okay. Yeah. Everybody likes different things. That's right. Dogs likes all kinds of stupid shit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You talk about anime all the time. Damn right. Peanut butter up my ass and popsicles in my mouth. It's right. Off your ass? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. This seems like it'll be difficult. Well, I'll write you a manual. Okay. Uh, Draw it for me. TJ? <laughs> Give me one of those, like, uh, one of those, like, uh. Like an Ikea that, instructional? Yeah, what's that, like, like the, that, that, like, site that is, like, the weird, uh, I forget what it's called. It's got, it's like, hey, you remember that one? or something. Uh, oh, yeah. You're the TJ. man now, dog? TJ, that's my name. Uh, I give this a nine also, dog. It's a nine for me, dog. I fucking, I really like this movie a lot. Um, I, I love, you know, I, just to piggyback on what Sean said, like the blue filter doesn't bother me because the movie is like cold in every way possible. Like the setting is cold. The characters are cold. Like, I think it's kind of brilliant actually. Like it thematically works like really well. And you can tell like it wasn't done for just like, oh, every movie looks like this nowadays. Like this, this seems like very purposefully, like this is trying to be like a hard-boiled 70s cop movie, like like a Serpico yeah. or something like that. And, like, I don't know, like, it's one thing where, you know, a lot of directors, you know, I, I talk about Ty West a lot because he's a director that, like, wears his influences on his sleeve, but he doesn't do anything with them. Like, you can tell what Carnahan's influenced by, but, like, he does the best with it, right? Like, I, I think, like, this movie is fucking brilliant and, you know, the only sad thing is, is that I want, I want the alternate universe where Joe Carnahan kept making like this kind of movie. Like it's something I'll always think about, but a million years ago, he leaked this like test reel that he did that he pitched to somebody, I guess, new line at the time where he wanted to make a daredevil movie, but he wanted to make like the 1970s, like fucking dirty New York hell's kitchen, Frank Miller, daredevil movie and i'm like yeah give me that like i want to see that like that i will i num 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 give me give me give me um but i love this movie i i've loved this movie for a long time i personally think this is one of the best cop dramas like ever made like i i don't think that's hyperbole like i i i think this is absolutely incredible and i love like this kind of this kind of like uh, fiction like i love the 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 crime dramas I love the cop drama stuff like I I think this is top tier stuff and again I I said it throughout the show but the two main performances are so fucking good and especially Leota because Leota has just been so bad in so many movies and like I forgot when he actually like you can tell like he wanted to make this movie and you can tell like he was really passionate about it because his performance just just shines through. Uh, but yeah, it's a nine for me, dog. It's it's fantastic. It's not without its faults. Again, I, I some of the editing choices are kind of regrettable, um, and I think some of the plot is underdeveloped. But overall, it's a, it's a fantastic movie. Ugh, excuse me, super uh, gory too. Yes, <laughs> very wet. Yeah, and the blood and stuff is just like it's very grounded, and even like the shootouts feel like way more. 
like real. They're than, heavy. Like, big movie oh, shootouts. Dude, when that guy takes it in the beam, you feel it. It's like, oof. And then yeah. it's in like soft focus. And it's just a very interesting way to do it. There's this, there's a sequence towards the very end when like, when Ray Liotta is literally threatening, threatening to kill those guys if they don't give the confession where he's just firing his fucking, that revolver like next to their heads. Yeah. And it's just like, oh my fucking god! Dude, how, like, how tense is the scene where Ray Liotta is just beating the fuck out of the door? Like, open the fucking door! Oh yeah, yeah, it's fucking nuts. And anyway, it's such a such and and I I don't know when I watched it, I thought he was going to find another way around and get yeah. in, and somehow Jason Patrick opening the door and confronting him is it makes the scene even more tense. Like I I don't know, man. This movie is a fucking masterpiece. Like it's it's really really fucking good. I know Carnahan's on to his more like sillier stuff. Like I love Boss Run and I liked A Team. I know certain people in the show. Yeah, I'll die uh, on the Smoking Aces Hill even with the ending. Yeah, Smoking Aces is is fine. I mean, but like he, it's just it's not this right. Like it, yeah. it's just kind of like a sad. But I guess the gray is the closest, but it's still like I mean, the gray that's is. Something. It's a goofy movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I a mean, good he's movie. out there punching wolves. It's a good movie. I like yeah. that movie a lot, uh, but it's not this. It's not. No. Yeah, he'll. He's never gotten back to this, unfortunately. But uh, anyway, uh, Gox, I think you're the last man standing. Uh, yeah. So I, true to form, reflecting on it, talked myself up a whole point. I'm giving this banger a ten. Uh, yeah. I when it when it first came on. So I watched this movie as a young man and remembered liking it. There's certain parts of this movie that lived rent-free in my head for decades, uh, namely when uh, Jason Patrick's confronting the one guy. He's talking about the junk, calling it a real mean mix, all the bits about uh, all of his uh, – a lot of his lines – Talking about you were sniffing glue so much they had to drill your drill your oh, casies open. Yeah, remember like, that? Yeah, yeah, like the bits where and and the the parts. That scene does a really good job establishing his time undercover without having to do anything. Right. It just it just yeah. builds it, it builds a world in like ten sentences and it's amazing. Um, the performances are, as we said, uh, amazing. Like they're they're wonderful. Jason Patrick's bringing his best stuff. Ray Liotta's bringing his best stuff. I think it's we even we touched on it, but I don't think I think it needs to be like spotlighted a little bit more. The Buster Rhymes and the other gentleman in the last scene in this movie. Are they are doing amazing work? Like you are there with them, you are terrified for them. You don't know if they're lying or not. And here's the thing about this movie: this movie's so fucking good that I remember, like I knew that Oak because I'd seen this movie. I knew Oak was part of it, but I'd forgotten kind of how. And it had me on, oh yeah, he killed him. That's right, what happened. And then it even gut punched me yet again with the reveal that Calves killed himself, and just the the amount of emotion I went through in like the last. 10 minutes of this film was worth the price of admission. This movie is fucking great. Uh, coast to coast, like butter and toast. The thing's fucking a banger. If you don't, if you like, if you like cop, if you like gritty cop movies, this is, this is, you couldn't ask for better in 2002, quite frankly. Um, and he, and you're right, TJ, he never got back to this, which is a shame because you can see what he's capable of. Joe Carnahan, Kim, because like that was that one movie he made cop, not cop land, cop world, cop shop. Cop, which I heard was just awful. I heard yeah. it was really um, Cop Land is another very underrated banger. Like that movie's actually that movie. really good. That movie's good. Yeah, yeah, that movie's great. But like this movie, this movie fucking rules, and it's intense, 
And it's, I don't know, man, he put, he put on a clinic. I loved it. And this is, this is making 2023, at least as far as movie, the podcast is concerned, a very strong opening salvo, breaking two, notwithstanding. What's the, what's, I'm sorry, guys, but what's interesting just before we, we close everything up is that usually when a guy gets like, this was his breakout movie, right? And usually like people kind of live off of what broke them out, but it's weird. He never returned to this at all. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no, he always went sillier. He went, he went big action, but he never really went back to this much drama. It's probably, Sean said it to me analog, but it's probably, he's probably right. Like this movie did well for what it was. Again, they, I think they made this movie for like six million dollars. Hmm. Good. You alright now? Yeah, I'm fine. Alex? Oh, oh, I thought you were gonna say something. I'm just tired. Oh, okay. But uh, I feel like this is kind of like an Adam Wingard situation where like he he made his salt on these independent movies, but then big studios started offering him like huge pictures, and he's probably like, "Fuck it, like I'll make a team. I'll probably make thirty million dollars doing it." Yeah, you know. But anyway, yeah, between this this Ghostbusters two and Strange Days and eight and two tens, like things are going good. Oh yeah. And yeah. I, I have a pick for next week, but I, I need a ruling. If, if hey, what? What is it? Uh, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? That's absolutely yeah, absolutely. A movie. A That's thousand percent. Okay. <clears throat> well, Eddie yeah, Donnie's a gonna, private detective, so I'm gonna over overrule you for next week with my birthday pick. We're gonna watch Jupiter Ascending. Oh, oh yeah! Oh God. <laughs> That's all right, Gogs. You can still have. I, 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 cut, I cut like to Alex friends. sitting there and barely eating his banana kaboom, watching <laughs> Jupiter ascending. Yeah, this is a this is like a, a pretty selfless pick for you there, Alex. Yeah. Uh, this movie is like three hours long. I've seen it. Oh, you've already seen it. Okay. Yeah, I remember like not thinking it was terrible. Ooh, it's right. gonna be one of the the famous weird movie the podcast splits. I I've seen. Like a quarter of it, and I fell asleep, so I don't know. I've never seen it. So I'm yeah. excited to talk about it. I'm excited to watch it. It's, uh, I still, hilariously, it's a, it was like, what, a 1300 page script that they yeah. pared down to like, it was, it was 900 pages. <laughs> um, and also one of the few movies to have a, um, what do you call it? Like a, a cameo director yeah, in Terry it where Gilliam, Gilliam directs like 20 minutes of it for yeah. no reason. Very weird. All right, so next right. week, Jupiter Ascending. We've talked about this movie for years. Yeah. Now. So very yep. – God, is, is somebody going to pick uh, – Start watching that? it now. What's that other movie that they did with Tom Hanks? Atlas. Cloud Atlas. Uh, Atlas. Cloud Atlas. Atlas. <laughs> somebody going to pick that at some point? <laughs> Cloud I Atlas so, shrugged. I somebody not, should pick it for uh, Thanksgiving. Mm. Oh. I'm not looking forward to dealing with the racial problems that movie has. It's Hugo Weaving is a Korean guy? Yeah, Hugo Weaving in <laughs> yellow face. Isn't Tom Hanks a black guy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's boy. Rough. It's yeah. like that Paul Mooney bit. It's like star, the last black dude on Earth starring Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, everybody. That's okay. the show. Jupiter Ascending next week. Can't wait. Uh, NARC certified good-ass movie. Certified good-ass movie. Certified good-ass movie. Put it on the Blu-ray cover. All right. All right. Bye, Bye everybody. Good night, boys. Later.